Hello, you're tuned in to the Blues Podcast. This is Big Boy Bloater, and as always, I have got a fantastic guest with me today. Uh, she's a fantastic guitarist, an amazing singer, a great songwriter. She's put out albums. She's been all around the world. Uh, I'm very excited to talk to the one and only Aria Littlenin. No, I didn't get that right, did I? <laughs> Aria, how yeah. you doing? <laughs> First, it sounded perfect, actually. You did white. Fine. <laughs> Don't worry. I think let, let's start with that. I think a lot of English people struggle with Scandinavian words uh, and names. So, so for everybody out there who's always wondered, uh, let's, let's get the official pronunciation on your name right now. Let me let you say it and I'll try and get it right. Okay. Well, the Finns would say Erja Lutinen, but to you know to help you guys out you can say area lutenin <laughs> area lutenin there we go there yeah, we go you heard it here perfect. first on the blues thank podcast. you i appreciate that very much thank you <laughs> hey as a guy called big boy bloater i'm often getting called very odd things so i know i know it's important to get names right and uh, uh say for, for us english folk it is a little bit I, I don't know what that means. I, I don't know how to pronounce that. It's very, so I find it's always best to get these things out of the way, uh, you know, and then we can move on, can't we? Sure. we move on knowing yes. now. Now, now we know. Yes. Now we know. Area. There we go. I think so, I'm Here we go. Yeah. So, uh, as, as always with these things, I always like to kick off uh, and just go right back to the start for, for how you got into blues and how you got into guitar. Mm. I mean, what, what drew you into music in the first place? Let's start with that. Let's let's go from there. Uh, well, I I was raised in a very musical family. My but my my parents are musicians. Uh, my mother plays bass guitar, and father is, is a guitarist, and they both sing. And they've had a band since sixties. And uh, okay. so I remember we always had instruments in our house, and music was just, it was very natural for us, and it was around us, and everybody was singing. My brothers were singing, I was singing, and parents were singing, and and uh, so it was very um, easygoing atmosphere, and when I turned out to be seven years old, my parents came up, up with the idea that, okay, let's, let's put the girl to the conservatory to learn to play some classical violin. Oh, wow. and uh, okay. back then you know you know we didn't have like pop rock music then in the schools so yeah. everybody was just if you wanted to learn to play any instrument you had you had to learn classical music yeah so, same in my school yeah at, yeah yeah so at first i wasn't too keen on on the the violin but once i got to the the lessons and kind of get the first homework i was like yeah this is quite neat actually and um <laughs> i played the violin around seven years and uh then when i was turning to be a teenager around 14 15 15 years old the violin just didn't you know it just didn't do any anything for me in that point it and rock. i yeah. <laughs> it didn't rock but my yeah. father <laughs> he had these guitars in the house right and i was just like oh this this looks cool and because i had i had uh, learned a lot of theory in the conservatory i had been playing in the orchestra so I already knew about the musical theory and all that. So when I picked up the guitar, it was really easy for me to just start reading the music books and notation. And, and I could, you know, the speed, how much you developed, it was, it was a lot quicker than when yeah. you start playing violin for the first time. So yeah, it all started from there and, and here we are. 
<laughs> almost so, 30 years later <laughs> so at your school it was that the, they they just this, was it they had a violin spare that was the that was the instrument that they, that they gave to you and that was it you didn't have any choice in it it was just like this is what we've got this is what you're going to play is that how it works <laughs> um uh, i think it was just like we were thinking that uh, or my parents were thinking yeah let's let's put her to to play some violin you know we i could have become a piano player or a classical guitar player but okay. violin yeah. i don't know it was just like well it's one of those classic instruments really um, <laughs> at my school when, when i joined the school band it was it was just whatever instrument was available and i got given the, oh. e, the e-flat euphonium which was it was rubbish i tell you you think the violin doesn't rock much this thing was ridiculous <laughs> valves and a big horn thing up here it was it was rubbish i wasn't into that it was like Whoa, six months cool. and i was like no this is this is not rock and roll so oh, i think violin was a good one to start with that's 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 yeah, pretty cool yeah yeah it's, it's fancy instrument besides you you really need to have a good ear when you play that instrument it's like it requires so much because you know, it's not like with with the guitar you have the fretboard you, you see where you put yeah. your finger and then you get that that um note you want yeah. really but with the violin you, you you need to listen to it and i think it's probably a little bit the same like when playing slide guitar it's you know yeah. it's you go by ear all the time so that might have helped me a little bit yeah, so yeah. i'm grateful that i did those um studies back then and uh i've actually recorded some of violin tracks also to my albums like in the i was going another world album. Do, you, do you still play the violin now yeah occasionally okay. a very little like birthdays very little. And holidays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every morning <laughs> waking my kids up <laughs> um well when i was recording another world uh, i had this song kind of a it has this Irish Celtic wife to it and and I just figured that okay I'm, I'm gonna dust my violin and try to play a little bit something there and it was quite fun yeah so you went from violin and you know you thought wow this doesn't this doesn't quite kind of go where I want. this is not quite rock and roll <laughs> enough for me you know not that rock and the violin can't be rock and roll of course I mean there's some very rock yeah. and roll violin players for sure yes. but I think for a lot of people it's just like yeah it's not the right instrument uh there's guitars hanging around the house right so you kind of commandeered one of these guitars is that how it happened did you say to your to your parents yeah, you know what I, I don't like the violin so much but i'd like to have a go at guitar when, when was that was it was that when you, in your teens did you say yeah so it was something like i was around 14 years old when i quit playing violin i just uh finished the exams that i needed in order to apply to music high school so i, I was Back then I was thinking like, okay, if I do these in these courses, that'll give me points when I apply yeah. to music high school. But I didn't want to play violin anymore. And um, I started to practice guitar on my own. And at first I was just borrowing my father's guitar. So he has this uh, half acoustic Höfner. Oh, okay. Yeah. About yeah. Those? Höfner, I... yeah. Yeah. And then uh, he had this Ibanez uh, electric guitar as well. Yeah. Uh, but somehow I, I, really like that Hofner and I was practicing a lot of it and, and just borrowing the uh, music books from library and and just playing all kinds of evergreens and you know um, all the lead sheets I could find I was just going them through and and I also had a couple of friends who who played played electric guitar so we were jamming together and that was a lot of fun 
And uh, in some point, I, uh, I was, yeah, well, I, I started to apply to music high school and I got in and that was great because then yeah. I really started to, I, I, I got a, like a teacher who was teaching the guitar and the th stuff to me and, and uh, getting deeper into the jazz and blues and all different music styles. So, uh, yeah. So when, when was it though that you really sort of kicked in with the blues and thought, you know what, this is really cool. This is uh, what, do you remember like yeah. some of the first records that really inspired you to go, yeah, that's the sort of guitar I want to play. Yeah. Uh, I was actually studying in a conservatory later on when I graduated from, from the high school and friend of mine well of course i had heard blues and soul music we had a soul band in music music high school we were doing blues brothers stuff and right. commitments and all that Aretha franklin yeah. all that so i already had it there somewhere but i remember i was sitting in this music history lesson in the Kuopio conservatory and and we were watching this music video where uh this man blind guy was playing piano and singing Georgia <laughs> and I was just oh my god what is this and it just got under my skin totally that was Rachel yeah Georgia was, on my mind yeah. I was just blown away and I was this is the way you should do music this is the way you should perform you should live through the songs because sometimes you feel like you're in the school and everybody wants to just play jazzy and fantastic technical shit <laughs> yeah. and you go like yeah. where's the emotion you know yeah i want the emotion and that was really something that moved me and uh i thought about that okay i better put a blues band together and yeah so that was one of the moments and uh also my friend brought brought me this vinyl um it, it was the album called the earth shaker by oh, coco yeah. taylor yeah and my friend said to me, Erja, I think you can love this, this lady. <laughs> and I, was, I was totally blown away. Yeah. Just amazing voice. And the same thing, like with Ray Charles music, everything was just like, it was so passionate. Yeah. It was so passionate. It's the soul. Wrong passionate. The soul, putting the soul in soul, eh? Yeah. It's, yes. It's all about. So what, um, <laughs> What was, the, what was the first blues band you got together? What sort of songs were you guys playing back then? I, I, I want to know. I want to yeah. taste of the set list. What was going on? Well, we were, we were of, of course, we were doing Coco Taylor stuff. Yeah. Uh, we did I'm a Woman. Yeah. yeah. I was 18 years old. And, I'm a woman. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and now yeah. I can sing that song, I hope. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, of course, you do the music with that age. What where you are you doing doing it from that area of time with that knowledge and with that experience uh we were doing some joe cocker songs uh we had something from uh edgar winter i remember okay. in the set list and uh, then i had some of my own songs i was already writing my own, some of my own and uh john mail and blues breakers and such yeah 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 all good stuff yeah. when did the uh when did the slide guitar playing come into it was this something you kind of discovered along the way and thought hey that, that sounds really cool it, i think i started to play that 
around on my second year when I was studying in conservatory. I was around maybe 20, 19, 20, something like that. And there's a, there was a um, bottleneck in one of the classrooms. Gla well, yeah, and classrooms. And uh, yeah. I was figuring, oh, that's, that, that seems interesting. And, uh, and the very next day, it was still there. And the, the next day, and then I was like, maybe I can just borrow that for a little while. <laughs> and I started to, you know, try things out. I was like, this, this feels cool. This is, there's something in it. And I, and I asked my guitar teacher um, back then that if he could help me out to learn to play slide guitar. And he said, he's not really a slide guitar player. Yeah. And, uh, but he'll help me out with some stuff and getting the right intonation and, 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 and where to place the bottleneck and, you know, the mute strings and all yeah. that. And, uh, so yeah, I started from there and I was trying to play the, the, um, we have like lead sheets. I was trying to play the melodies from there and stuff like that. And so slide was always there with me. And oh, yeah. in some point I started to get more and more into it. I've been practicing and learning the regular guitar in the schools. Like I've been studying in Sweden, Los Angeles then Sibelius Academy in here in Helsinki, but slide guitar, not really, you know, you've, yeah. you just done it yourself and learned all the stuff. Of course, I've, I've some golly colleagues that we've played together and you show tricks to each other and, and so on. But for me, it's been like, it has been so free, always so free without any boundaries. There has never been any, any restrictions when playing slide guitar. So yeah. maybe that's why it's kind of, it always feels fascinating me <laughs> I, I know you did uh the the elmore james tribute album uh, you know uh, a few years back was was elmore yeah. the sort of uh the guy your go-to guy for slide guitar i mean for me i think he's oh, yeah. king of slide guitar definitely but uh, yeah he, he was definitely the first ones i i heard and uh his song dust by dust my broom it has yeah. always followed me, with me like for years and you know that riff. It's perfect. It's it's mother of the all riffs. Yeah, <laughs> riff absolutely. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so yeah, definitely. And then later on, of of course, Muddy Waters. Yeah, absolutely. Big yeah. name for me, Son House. Yeah. I actually wrote my music thesis about Son House's playing oh, technique, wow. Delta Blues technique. Yeah. Yeah, and. um uh, who else? Then these more modern guys like Sonny Landreth. I love Sonny yes, Landreth. Sonny's and, great, and, isn't uh, he? Yeah, he's amazing He's great. Yeah. He's also on my latest album, which I'm very proud of. Ooh. And uh, Derek Trucks is fantastic. Of course, yeah. Yeah. I love your story about you found a bottleneck in a classroom. Uh, <laughs> it's such a great story. For me, I, the first time I tried playing slide guitar, I found a bit of uh, plastic pipe. My dad had been cutting some pipe or something in the workshed. Okay, cool. And there, was, and there was a little bit left over, and I thought, hey, this is going to make a good bottleneck. I'll try this out. So I put it onto my little finger and started playing. 
but because it was plastic, it just started to shred and bits of plastic stuck yeah. to the guitar and all over me. And it was like bits of, it was like it was snowing as I was playing and the, and, and the thing disintegrated. Oh it was, uh, so that was my first attempt at, uh, at slide guitar and it, yeah, didn't go back to it for a long time, but see so you, you, oh. finding one in the classroom. That's so cool. That's great. I love that. That's brilliant. Yeah. That was a ni nice, uh, like a coincidence really. <laughs> Ah, that's brilliant. Um, you've you've been uh, you've done quite a lot of recording in in uh, in the in the USA, I believe. Um, you know, is that something that you always wanted to do? Or was it something that it just had to be done because you were doing blues and it was like going back home for that music? Or what drew you to record there rather than in your hometown or you know uh, anywhere in the world, really? Well, uh, I've done two albums in states, and the the first one was from the Blues Caravan Tour back in 2006. That yeah. was my first international record deal with the Rough Records, uh, who brought me to the international music scene, which was great. And uh, and uh, yeah, we went to Mississippi and Memphis to record this album with uh, Jim Gaines and Jimbo Matthews being the producers back there. And that was a really big thing for me, for the young girl coming out from Finland and yeah. being able to really play my music and uh, travel all the way to USA. And uh, and then the next year uh, we went back, we went to Mississippi, Oxford to record my first solo album called Dreamland Blues. Yeah. Another World was uh, mixed actually in in, uh, in Texas by Chris Bell. Right, yeah, yeah. And mastered in LA. So it's a very international so, record, that one, right? Yeah, I like to mix and match, you know, yeah. it's good to, good to mix stuff. Then I'll, then something new always happens. Absolutely. Is there somewhere, somewhere that you kind of dream of recording one day? You would think, oh, I'd love to make an album there. Yeah, well, um, I really liked when we recorded in... Uh, uh, in in London, when I did the Stolen Hearts um, album, I like that vibe there. So yeah, that would be interesting to go back there, England, England. Okay, any particular studio my, there? My or home just... country, <laughs> second home country. My my ex home country, but yeah, yeah. Um, any particular studio there you'd, you'd you'd like to record in, or just just somewhere in like just the London vibe? Maybe just the London vibe in in general, and and it's always because I'm a Finnish spoken person. It's always good to go somewhere where where I you really hear the English that that'll help you to do the the lyrics and the get the stuff right and and right, so yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of London, of course, another one of your albums uh, recorded live at One Hundred Club in uh, in London. Now that is my yes. favourite venue in the world. I've played there. Uh, thousands of times i've seen hundreds and hundreds of people play there i mean for me it's the best venue in the world uh how was that how was that playing the hundred club because a lot of people go oh it's you know it's it's uh it's a scruffy place it's uh you know it's yeah <laughs> i know what you say <laughs> i love it for me it's, it's the most perfect venue in the world it is it is nice it is nice and it's, it's, it's kind of uh it's emotional again yeah. you know because i've played there a few times myself and like you said we recorded live in london there was it 2015 something like that so yeah it's sound wisely it's quite quite harsh place you know the, the sound is quite hard yeah but uh we use in-ears with my band so it doesn't matter yeah so that much. makes a lot of difference doesn't it yeah yeah 
But yeah. so many bands have played there and it's just amazing. The history is amazing. The UK, the whole music history is, is amazing. I'm jealous. <laughs> it's, uh, it, so, I mean, yeah, the, the 100 Club has got, it's just got that history kind of oozing out of the walls. I mean, the, there's actually sweat yeah. coming out of the ceiling. I know I'm drop, dripping on you kind of all the time. It's, but it's the, <laughs> literally, it, yeah, but it's been a music venue since, since the 1940s. And, and, and you know, everybody's yeah. played there and all the pictures on the wall of everyone's played there and ev everything yeah. from, from big band jazz to, to, to like real hardcore punk and, and uh, blues and pop and, and I think it's just the greatest place. I absolutely love it. It's, it's great. It's great that they saved it. Yeah. yeah, it's really. I was so glad to hear when uh, when Jeff, the owner, said that they, you know, got got things sorted and and, and all that. And I know he's he's doing all right at the moment. So, looking forward to going back Fantastic. there. Uh, talking a little bit about the uh, the pandemic and all that. I mean, how I know it's affected us musicians a lot. And you know, how's it how's it affected you personally? Well, uh, because I run a company, so I, I've had to be. Busy, really. So we started to be uh, innovative on, um, we brought out our own first tea brand <laughs> and stuff like really? that. <laughs> okay. I actually have it here with me. I've been drinking it because it's very good. I got two, two teas. Tea? Okay. <laughs> yes. well, then what flavors are they? are they like different flavors or is this? Sherry, Sherry, because it's called Sherry Overdrive. Okay. Uh, as as my song, one of my songs, in, and that's this is just uh, playing the the blues queen tea with some. Uh, uh, it's a smoky black tea blend with Finnish Kaluna. <laughs> Sounds very <Right>? fancy. <laughs> <laughs> so we have this in our web shop, and and uh, we get we get some books. I got my book in English course, nowadays, yeah. and uh, we also we thought about now when when the pandemic pandemic struck and we didn't didn't have a chance to do gigs anymore so we started to uh plan my song books you can learn my songs and so on. but you, you know this is yeah. what we did we we started to improve our our merchandise right yeah uh, and uh so hoping that people will find these and and uh and then we were doing a lot of streaming gigs yeah different kind of streaming gigs and and just, well, just try to do bits and bits here and there. But of course, it's it's not the same thing as playing playing around the world, traveling, <laughs> seeing other musicians, playing for the people, really seeing them, enjoying that moment. Have you found uh, Have you found you've been able to do any songwriting during the lockdowns and all that kind of thing? You know, that's a very good question. It's 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 a. Uh, uh, it's a double-bladed sword, really, because you kind of you kind of have more time, but but then again, you you kind of have to do a lot of other things to keep up. And uh, I've done some songwriting, not much, but but uh, they have been more like riffs and some phrases and uh, some songs. But I haven't been rushing out with that either because I. I there must have been a lot of music coming out next year. Yeah, yeah. Out records. yeah. But um, for me, uh, yeah, I haven't had too much of that feeling that I really, really, really want to make music. I think that must apply to some of us. Yeah. 
what's your process for songwriting? Are you are you like just coming up with lyrics and riffs and bits and pieces and then putting it all together in the studio? Is it a, a very much a solo thing for you, or do you like to work with other people when you're songwriting? Well, all of that actually. Um, usually, it's just, it, it's a riff or or a, or a melody that comes up, and and then from there it starts to develop and. Uh, and sometimes you might just have a lyrical idea in your head and you write a story and then you try to find music for that story. Yeah. But I've noticed that it's probably, it's uh, some kind of a riff and a melody at the same time somehow, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And is it always fairly much the same songwriting? Or do you find you flip between different things? Sometimes you'll just suddenly come up with like words. You start off with the words. Does it change at all, or you just you pretty much set on the way, the way you do it? Um, it depends on the song, I would say. Yeah. And and on your mood. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> sometimes I write with piano as well, and those songs are always different compared to yeah well if if i uh make songs with the slide guitar then it's 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 different it just it, it is different i don't know yeah. how come it goes like that but yeah yeah i know exactly what you mean um you've you've toured with loads of fantastic musicians people like robert plant and uh uh, uh Lander, i think we were talking about earlier on um all kinds of people, Tom Jones even. Is there someone that you'd really love to work with live, uh, you know, tour with? Yeah, of course, there's a bunch of people I'd love to tour with. You know, one of the amazing um, blues guitar players is Buddy Guy. Yeah, I right. would love to share the stage with him. Oh, my God. I've been fortunate to play with amazing guitar players, really, like, like Sonny and Jennifer Batten. She's amazing. And when we supported Carlos Santana, he also asked me on stage with him. That was just, that was a dream come through. And these are the moments you cherish them forever. And uh, it's a lot of guitar players I'd love to play with. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, change the subject a little bit now. I want to, here's quite a, a heavy one. Um, being a, a female musician in blues, I mean, some uh, 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 an industry that's, historically been so sort of male overrun are you finding mm. things are getting a bit more accepting these days is it equaling out at all do you think or are you still like every day coming up against stupid attitudes uh towards women <laughs> in blues and music in general no it's definitely changing and uh, i didn't mind the male dominated world back then when i started because i was you know i was i think i, I was a bit of a like is it called tom tomboy boy <laughs> like being yeah. a girl yeah. girl yeah. tomboy yeah. <laughs> yeah and uh i grew up with with two brothers so so i didn't really think about that i was just doing my own thing but but now you see the change because there's so many women playing guitar and playing blues guitar uh you know the instagram feeds and youtube they're full of female playing guitar and it, it's just fantastic yeah. so it's like i think it's great it's it's um it's a new area of time and and in general any any good music is you know that's 
we don't mind if it's done by women or men, really. Yeah. A good song is a good song, right? Yeah. Good songs are good songs, and that's it. So it's definitely changing, and uh, I think we can we can see it also in marketing of the big biggest companies. They also having more female fronted uh, advertising going on because the the young women, young girls, they want to play guitar, so they follow the female guitar players. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's it's interesting and it's definitely developing. But there's still lots of time for, uh, lots of space for guy guitar players as well. So. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's space for everybody, really. Yeah. Um, interesting you saying about the marketing and, uh, you know, being more aimed at a wider spectrum, oh. say, of players and yeah. all that sort of thing. Um, yeah. Would you, would you ever have considered, like, putting out a, uh, a signature guitar? And, and, and if you did, what... what what would be your signature guitar, do you think? Ah, uh, nice question. Um, I have a couple of signature guitars. Henk Casalo uh, from Hoss Guitars, he made me this uh, electro resonator, which is like an electric guitar with, yeah. a, with a spider and cone there. And then there's like two microphones. The other one's like a regular electric mic and uh, the other one's uh, piazza and you can just balance there output and you get this different sound from there either either an electric guitar sound or a bit of more like resonator guitar sound national guitar yeah, sound yeah and that's quite nice instrument really yeah, uh, to have a dream guitar there's uh, another one coming up from uh ruokangas guitars it's gonna look nice it is actually really <laughs> cool looking already yeah. and uh but there's nothing too like crazy in there just for me it's like play playability is the most yeah. important thing uh, that it feels good in your hands and the tone is great so right that's yeah what i'm aiming at. out of all your guitars at the moment which which is the favorite can you pick a favorite one guitar or are they like oh, i could possibly like my children i can't i can't pick a favorite yeah that's um <laughs> well uh i really i really like that um GNL, uh, as I said, three semi hollow. Uh, yeah. It's my favorite slide guitar, Blue Sparkle. And uh, I know that yeah. was the one I was going to ask you about. I've, I've seen I've seen some videos of you playing that and the, the the blue glitter guitar. I wanted to know what that was. I really like that guitar. That looks cool. Yeah, yeah. it's GNL. Okay. It's yeah. uh, it's by George Fullerton and Leo Fender. Yeah. This is when Fender, after he sold the Fender. Yeah. And then he came up with this guitar. He said himself, the more improved guitar. <laughs> so GNLs, more improved. Yeah, um, yeah. It's very emotional guitar for me because uh, I've probably played all of my international gigs with it since since when I started to yeah. tour around the world. And uh, it's quite heavy guitar. And. Uh, but it's it's it looks fabulous and it, the playability is amazing, and it has uh, three microphones. So compared to regular Telecaster, it's yeah. you know it has more output and uh, more gain to it, yeah. which goes nicely when you play bottleneck. 
we like gain. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you are you quite a gets kind of into the gear side of all the guitar playing, or is it not important? I mean, do you have like favorite amplifiers and effects pedals, or mm. is it just like it's just stuff? Which, which which way do you go on that? Well, I'm like uh, I like gear. Yeah, I like uh, and. Um, Every year, it seems like the pedal board is just increasing. <laughs> right, yeah. Nowadays, I actually have my pedal board down here. I wish I could show it, show it to you guys. But uh, nowadays, I use these twin boards. There's two pedal boards combined together. And there's around a uh, dozen, 13. Okay, yeah. But then there's like, you know, um, multi-effect pedals where you can get a lot of different sounds in a one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, I always like to uh, finish up these things with this special question. And um, mm. I want you to imagine, if you can, that uh, we are many years in, in the future now. And uh, one day there's an announcement that there's a big asteroid coming towards the Earth, a big meteorite. It's going to hit the okay. Earth and obliterate the Earth. It's going to be nothing left of the Earth. And it's, it's going to okay. arrive in like three days or something. So we, we haven't got a lot of time. Now the, the the world wow. president the world president gets on the phone to you, and he says uh, he says Aria, he says uh, we need to have uh, a huge party for the world. A whole it's going to be the whole world are going to have a party. Going to go out with a big bang. Uh, we want you to come and play at the party. Now we need you to have a special band. What band are you going to have? Who's going to be in the band? And what song are you oh. going to play oh, for the end of the world? Oh, how much time I have <laughs> think about that. Oh, my God. Well, you should be one of them, of course. <laughs> no, I'll be at the bar at that point. I'll be, yeah, I'll be, yeah, that'd be me, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, oh, that's, uh, Eric Gales would be playing guitar. Yeah, yeah, I would call Eric, come on. Nick West could be doing the bass. Yep. Uh, um. Um, yeah, Cindy Blackman drums. There's a lot of people I would like to ask there. <laughs> well, it's, it's the end of the world. You can ask anyone you want, you know, it's, uh, it's they're not going to be doing anything else. It's like, this is the one big party that's happening. This is it. <laughs> and which song? That's a bad one. <sighs> because you, we, you, you didn't want to be crying. I, maybe we would have to. Just a celebration song. That would be something from James Brown. I feel good. Something like that. Just, you know. <laughs> yeah. Lot of lot of booze and <laughs> drinks and everybody playing and having a good time and dancing before that asteroid would hit all of us. Yeah. And don't forget, of course, it's it's in the future. So you can have kind of like holograms of anybody that you're playing. So so any any oh. anybody past or present you can have. So you know, it's uh, <laughs> feel free to go to town on this one. <laughs> Hendrix and Steve Ray. <laughs> do you not do you not think like all those guitar players together it could get into a, some sort of conflict? Like you know, it's, uh... it would be a mess. <laughs> a big party with guitar <laughs> yeah. players. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't invite oh. any saxophone players as well. Just it'll go. It'll go mad. It'll go mad. <laughs> 
Um, let, let's finish up. I just want to uh, one quick, one more quick uh, question. What would you say to anybody who's is looking to get into the blues these days? Uh, what, what, you know, what would you say? Where's the best starting point to go when it comes to blues music? Well, follow, follow your heart, follow your heart, and and uh, do the music from your point of view, from your perspective, and uh, uh, listen to the tradition, but listen to the modern music as well and uh, be honest to yourself and others and uh, don't be too tight ass have fun <laughs> yeah put some humor to your music and and uh, i believe blues is a healer music is a healer really uh it's a form of therapy really sure is yeah i'm into that uh, Aria, it's been fantastic talking to you today. Um, wishing you Thank lots you, and lots man. of luck you. and success continued uh, on the road and in the studio. Thanks for having me. This was so much fun. Thank you and all the best. Take care. Thank you for joining us on the Blues Podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. And also make sure you leave us a review and a rating as this helps other people find the blues podcast i'll catch you next time bye